Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger syndrome, also called autism spectrum disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Welcome once again to Aspieland. My name is John Allen, and I'm your host. This is a podcast for anyone who has Asperger syndrome, also known as autism spectrum disorder, knows or works with someone who has it, or is personally engaged with someone who has it. Now, if you're new to this podcast, please know that you're in a place of acceptance. If you have not heard the first of my podcasts, I would encourage you to go back and listen to them. They're always available on the podcast page of the Aspieland website. The title of our podcast is Those Pesky Memories. <laughs> Anybody remember the Grinch, the movie The Grinch uh, with Jim Carrey? Comes out every Christmas. I got the title from that film. I remembered the scene where the Grinch is in his lair and he's trying to deal with all of these memories that have caused him grief and to hate Christmas and everything. And he has this mallet in his hand and he goes, time to deal with those pesky memories. And he hits himself on the head with a mallet. It's just hysterical. I love it. (laughs) Well, we're going to look at what happens when you're diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, now called autism spectrum disorder, later in life. First of all, before I get started, I'd like to thank those who have written me and told me how you enjoyed the podcast and said that it helped you better understand Asperger's syndrome and autism spectrum disorder. Many thanks as well to those who have given me good ratings and nice reviews. I appreciate so much your kindness for that, and it's such a great encouragement to me. I appreciate it. Now, someone noticed that I mention Asperger's syndrome by name and not necessarily by autism spectrum disorder. Well, that's not because I'm trying to ignore anyone, not at all. I simply use the Asperger's name synonymously to identify both conditions. So I hope that's not going to confuse anyone by doing it that way, but I'll try to do them both at once from now on. All right, having been done with all of that, let's get going with those pesky memories. (laughs) Well, memories are tricky things. They can bring the most distant remembrances to life through the emotions and the senses. For example, Say you come into the kitchen while someone's cooking and a certain smell strikes you. It triggers a memory that transports you, if only for a moment, back to a time when maybe you were a child or a youngster, to a particular moment in time when you smelled that particular smell once before. Those memories can be very strong, especially if they cause you to actually feel the feelings you had at the time. I remember once I was stepping outside to take out the garbage on a dark, cloudy day, and I felt the air, and it took me back and struck me to when I was young, and I was outside. I was on my front porch at the time, and it was just before this wicked thunderstorm came in. The air felt just the same, the humidity, the sound of the birds clamoring to get to safe places, the temperature, 
it all came flooding back. Even the feelings of impending trouble because something didn't feel right. Brr. Memories and emotions are tied together very closely. That's why certain songs that you hear may be very emotional to you, because it triggers a memory, which in turn triggers the emotion from that memory. Now, our marketing companies have discovered this works very well when they're creating advertisements. Have you ever noticed commercials where you've seen scenes of families having a good time or couples being together and and they're all having fun or they're around the campfire and just about the time when you start to get this smile on your face, the car or the SUV comes on and you realize that it was a car commercial after all that. Well, those are called feel-good spots. They're expressly designed to tap a memory with good feelings and visually tie it to the particular brand of product that they're selling. You see, when you see all those images of good things and you start to feel good, and then this image of a car shows up, your mind starts connecting the two pieces together, especially when you see it six or seven or eight times, which during football season is fairly normal. The idea is so that when you think it in reverse, you see the car, you start feeling good, and you feel good about that car. That's all very deliberate, a well, big psychological thing. But like I said, it works, so they do it. So why am I talking about memories and emotions when this is supposed to be a podcast about Asperger's? Well, it's simple. Our memories and the emotions that come with them help shape our opinions of ourselves. For those of us Aspies who are full of memories that bring on the emotions that are sad and lonesome, we have the tendency to believe that we are somehow the cause of those emotions, that we acted in such a way that we actually deserve to be lonely and sad. Now, for those of us who were diagnosed with Asperger's or autism spectrum disorder later in life, your memories can get really tangled up. I was diagnosed at 63, not long ago. It devastated me and blessed me at the same time. Devastated because now that I know the real reason for being treated like an outsider, I have all these memories to deal with and emotions to straighten out. Yikes! But I'm blessed because now I have the key for repairing my life. For us who are new Aspies at an older age, this can be rough stuff, but I want to help you find that diamond in that rough. And for those of you who work with someone with Asperger's or autism spectrum disorder, or are married to someone who has AS or ASD, you should listen in and gain some insight on how all of this is working inside the head of those of us who discovered our condition later in life. I've told you quite a few little stories of how I was treated when I was young and how it made me feel. As I grew older, these situations and others just like it just kept on happening. You see, when you're a kid, you just accept what happens to you as typical or as the norm, even though it makes you feel bad. Over time, however, this norm 
becomes something that you notice isn't happening to others of your age. So you begin to question yourself, your ability to be just like the people around you, the people you know, and even the people in your family. You may think, why am I like this? I don't want to be like this. Ah, maybe it's just me. After a while, at least for me, I got so that I walked with my head down. In fact, you can look at my school pictures and you can see it. At first, my head was up. I had a big smile on my face. I was probably the homeliest looking kid you ever saw. My ears were sticking out and everything. It's comical, actually. But as the years went by, and it didn't take long, my head started to look bent down. My shoulders hunched forward. My eyes, which started out bright and forward-looking, turned slowly dim and looked towards the floor. The smile slowly turned from a smile to a half-smile to a straight face and then to a downcast grimace. You could actually see time doing its terrible dance from a happy child to a disappointed and depressed adult. So why does this happen? How does it get like this? Well, I believe that part of the reason is that each time these events happen to you, leaving you feeling left out or uninvited, only reinforces the feeling that it's something you are doing wrong. And you believe that you're cast out, unwanted. And worse than that, the harder you try to overcome it, the worse it feels. Just as in any circular cycle or a catch-22, if you will, it's hard to get away from it. As we get older, we really get good at playing hide-and-seek hiding our depression and feelings of worthlessness, and putting this great smiley face on it as we try to seek acceptance. Well, sooner or later, it gets to us, and we try to get some help. Some of us just get sick and tired of it and eventually tell our doctor. And some of us realize it by accident, sort of like I did when I was cruising the web and began to discover it on my own. And you find yourself thinking, wow, there really is something going on here. It is said that more and more adults are being diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. But it is also said that especially in the United States, it's extremely hard to get diagnosed, much less diagnosed correctly. Well-meaning psychologists sometimes miss the diagnosis by calling it ADHD, or obsessive-compulsive disorder, or something else, when in fact it may be Asperger's syndrome or autism spectrum disorder. Now let me clarify once again that what used to be called Asperger's is now called autism spectrum disorder, partly because the new diagnostic and statistical manual that is used by mental health professionals, which is called DSM for short, Version 5 does not allow for the term Asperger's as a diagnosis, but instead has placed that particular condition on a spectrum or a sliding scale, if you like, because of the similarities between Asperger's and autism. 
So they just stuck it on a scale and said, well, it's a, it's a lower part of autism. The DSM is the Mental Health Diagnostic Bible for psychologists and psychiatrists in the United States. But in the UK, mental health professionals tend to refer to the World Health Organization's International Classification of Diseases instead, commonly called ICD. No similar change has been made to this manual, and so doctors in the UK continue to diagnose Asperger's syndrome as its own separate condition. While I won't go into a discussion about the DSM and how it came about and what its history is and that sort of thing, you can look that up on your own. I will say that one of the reasons for not using the term Asperger's anymore in diagnosis is due to the fact that the DSM determines what a psychologist or a psychiatrist can and cannot use for a diagnostic definition. That affects how they can be properly reimbursed for the services they give to their patients. So in other words, if the diagnostic term is not in the DSM, they don't get paid. Now that's a really short explanation of things. There's a lot longer process going on and you can look that up for yourself. As an adult, once you're diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome or autism spectrum disorder, or once you realize that you have it, it forces you to reevaluate your past. You rethink all of those events that made you feel so bad as you grew up, and even those events you had as an adult as well. My wife used to get really upset and frustrated with me because I wasn't talking with other people. For example, someone would say hello to me as we passed in the hallway, and I just keep on going without saying anything. Other times, I might be standing there with her in a small group, and I wouldn't engage others in conversation. It drove her nuts, and to be honest, I couldn't blame her. To her, as a neurotypical, I was being standoffish or uninterested in others. And she would try to force me to practice role-playing in conversation, hoping to get me jump-started, as it were. At the time, neither of us knew that the real issue was that I was not neurotypical and that I had Asperger's or Autism Spectrum Disorder. And once we discovered it and I had my diagnosis, she didn't get as frustrated anymore. Now she helps me build up my confidence in myself to actually join in on a conversation slowly, one step at a time. I remember clearly, and it was not so long ago, we had my daughter and her family over for dinner. I dearly love my young extended family. They're truly a joy in my life. My son-in-law is a great storyteller and a real down-to-earth sort of guy. My grandson is a boy who loves nature and the outdoors. My daughter, who is a real jewel, is a champion to the misunderstood, marginalized, and forgotten. Well, as we're eating around our dinner table, I began to notice that the noise was beginning to rattle me a little bit. The sounds of clinking silverware, each person talking and chattering about this or that, all the movement of, you know, reaching for this and reaching for that across the table, and it was getting on my nerves. 
Well, after dinner, we moved to the living room and began visiting. The noises and movements were getting to me for what appeared to me no reason. Suddenly, all of the talking, jostling in the seats, talking with their hands, so you see the hands moving, jiggling their feet because they're nervous, and the video on the TV, and my grandson just playing generally around the room, it was starting to drive me up a wall. Well, my daughter asked me a simple question, and to this day, I can't even remember what the question was. I barked back at her as if she had insulted me. I was incensed. I had to leave the room. Now I know that it was the Asperger's, the autism spectrum disorder. It was a trigger that signaled there was too much information, too much sensory overload. Now my wife is helping me with that, too. One step at a time. To find out that you have a condition where your brain is causing differences in the way you act, like it does with Asperger's and autism spectrum disorder, really opens your eyes to realize that it wasn't your fault that you were treated the way you were. Not at all. It was the condition you have that caused it. It's a little hard to explain in words, but you realize that you were not like anyone else all the time, but you didn't know it. It happened automatically because your brain was wired differently. This realization makes you rethink everything, and that can be a daunting reality. But fear not! <laughs> For those of us who find out we have Asperger's syndrome or autism spectrum disorder later in our life, this can be the beginning of a new life. Will it be easy? Perhaps not. Will it be worth it? Oh, absolutely. Because when you realize what it is and understand how it is working in your life, you can begin to work on ways to handle it. In a future podcast, I'll talk to you about ways you can find bridges to reconciliation with those pesky memories. <laughs> that I hope will help you in your walk as an Aspie. For those of you who are neurotypical and are listening in, you can see how perhaps you can help those who have our condition, even by just understanding the Aspie land life. Well, we're just about out of time for this time together. Remember, if you will, to visit the Aspie land website. Just go to aspieland.org. Don't use the www in the front, because if you do, you'll get an error. Just type in aspieland, A-S-P-I-E-L-A-N-D dot O-R-G, and that'll get you there. Not only can you read the mission statement, you can also link to podcasts and read my short bio if you like. The podcasts are on 14 or 15 different directories, so um, you can find it almost anywhere now. One of the things I would really appreciate is if you would subscribe to Aspie Land on the website. Not only so that I can have you on the mailing list, but so that I can send you a note when the next podcast is up and running. I'd also like to ask if you would consider donating to the work here for the website and for the podcast so I can get pieces of equipment that I need to make things happen. It would really help keep things going here. All of that is available through the website. 
Please keep in mind that the podcast player I use does not have any mechanism for you to comment on the episode you're listening to. So, if you would like to comment on the podcast, just go to my email address, which is aspieland.org at gmail.com. Let me give you that again. aspieland.org at gmail.com. You can send me a quick hello if you like, which I would kind of enjoy. And if you have questions, I welcome those too. Now, rest assured, I'll answer every email I receive as quickly as I can. Thanks for listening to the Aspieland Podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not. Because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.